You are listening to another episode of Nip Tuck Talk Radio. This is Michelle Garber, your host, and with me today is New York dermatologist Dr. Doris Day, and we're going to be talking about some of the latest in cosmetic technologies, as well as Dr. Day's favorite skincare products, plus more. Please stay Perfect tuned. for you, so that you look like the best version of yourself and not done. How I get there, that's something that you just sit back and relax and almost don't even think about it because there's nothing to do about it. Your host, Michelle Garber, is here today to help you navigate the confusing world of cosmetic surgery. Hi, everyone. This is Michelle Garber, your host. If you don't know me, I'm founder of NipTuck Coach, an independent cosmetic procedure consultancy, and I'm a patient advocate. My mission is to cut through the hype and educate consumers on cosmetic procedures. I'm also a support system for my clients, someone they can turn to and trust and help them throughout the rejuvenation journey. It's important to understand that not all surgeons are equally trained or skilled. Choosing a surgeon or a dermatologist with the safest track record involves more than reading Yelp and real self-reviews. And I've also written an ebook called Safety First that's available to download at my website, which is www.nittuckcoach.com. So I'm very excited this morning, it's afternoon in New York, to have New York dermatologist Dr. Doris Day with me today. And we're going to be talking about some of the hot topics in non-surgical technologies and skin care tips for the summer. Good morning, Dr. Day, or good afternoon in New York. How are you? Good morning and good afternoon to you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you. Dr. Doris Day is a board-certified dermatologist who specializes in laser, cosmetic, and surgical dermatology in New York City. Dr. Day is affiliated with Lenox Hill Hospital in New York City and is a clinical associate professor of dermatology at the New York University Langone Medical Centers. Dr. Day regularly lectures at national and international medical and aesthetic meetings. Dr. Day is author of two books, Forget the Facelift, Turn Back the Clock with Dr. Doris Day's revolutionary four-step program for ageless skin and 100 questions and answers about acne. She's a freelance journalist for several medical and scientific publications and outlets and is a host on Dr. Radio and Cyrus XM. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Day. Thank you, and thank you for that kind introduction. Oh, thank you. We're seeing a great upper trend in non-surgical treatments for skin rejuvenation. And I think some of the reason that we're seeing it is because our society has become very self-absorbed. You know, we've got selfies now and we've got YouTube videos and people are looking at themselves. And one of the area that people tend to see, especially when they're doing selfies, is double chin, <laughs> right? Absolutely. <laughs> You're so right. I was just laughing because of the selfies and being more self-absorbed. But as you're saying it, I'm thinking we've always been self-absorbed. <laughs> it's just that now we have more ways of expressing it. And That's true. That's true. But I think the self-absorption has also trickled down to a younger generation that it was uh, in the past. And so up until now, the only way to treat a double chin has been lipo liposuction. And now there's a new breakthrough FDA-approved non-surgical technique called Kybella, which supposedly melts the fat, which is very exciting. Absolutely. It's 
does. It really does. It's not even supposedly. It really, truly does melt fat. Now, you know, when I think back to just as little as 20 years ago when I started my practice, we had nothing. We Botox wasn't even FDA approved yet. Our only filler was was collagen that was animal-based and had to have skin testing four to six weeks before you could have an injection. We had the CO2, not even the fractional CO2, but the, you know, the fully ablative CO2 laser and the YAG. So we had so little. And surgery was your, really your best bet if you wanted to rejuvenate. And basically, to have surgery, you kind of had to fall behind and then try to catch up and start to lift. But with the newer techniques and treatments that we have, there are so many things that we can do that are non-surgical because we have great new products, great new devices, and we're better at assessing. And when it comes to the chin, this is exciting because we've been able to do so much with the face, but as soon as you go below the chin to the neck, the chest, the hands, then all of a sudden we were back to the stone ages of either just you know creams or a few lasers or surgery. And now with Kybella, you can really melt the fat under your chin because the perfect angle for the chin to the neck is a 90-degree angle. So it's kind of like a sharp curve. It shouldn't be sloped. It shouldn't be sunken under. It shouldn't be hollowed, but it shouldn't be hanging down either. And with Kybella, which was originally called ATX 101 in the, in the research phase, now they put the beautiful name of Kybella, you can melt the fat by injecting into very particular um, planes in the skin where the fat lives. It can be uncomfortable, it's not no downtime. You, you can feel the treatment, have a little swelling and firmness and recovery time, but with as little as two to three treatments in a matter of six months, that fat can be permanently dissolved. Wow, so that's pretty exciting. But what exactly is in the needle? What does it feel like and who's the best candidate? Okay, it's deoxycholic acid, which is um, safe to the body if you use it correctly. If you put it in the wrong place, you can end up with some problems. You don't want to inject nerves or inject it into an artery. But if you inject it into just water or other planes or into muscle, it really doesn't do much. So it really likes fat in particular. And what it does is it just helps break it up and dissolve it and melt it. And then it just naturally goes into your body. It's not going to affect your fat levels in your blood or cause problems or make you grow fat somewhere else. It's not like that. That's how it works. It's little needle injections into um, very specific patterns into the areas where you want to dissolve the fat. The injections can be uncomfortable. We use topical anesthetics or injectable anesthetics to help anesthetize the area so that it's not uncomfortable. Afterwards, you can have some tenderness. You can have some bruising, firmness, even a little discoloration for a few days to a week or so, and then that will just clear. The first treatment is probably the most uncomfortable in terms of the recovery and the treatment because that's when you have the most fat. The studies put the treatments closer together, but I find that in the real world, it's almost better if you space the treatments out to two to three months to really see the results you get because the results can continue over a little while and you don't want to overdo it. Someone who has a lot of fat, you may do them closer in the beginning and then space them out more. And then what's nice is that the observation from the studies is that there is some natural tightening from the skin that comes from the treatment as well. So as you're melting the fat, it's not that you're going to have just this loose skin that's now hanging and sagging. And then you can combine it with other treatments like Botox, Dysport, Xeomin, which we do all the time in the neck and the chin area. 
it has to be done by an advanced trainer because it's a special technique, but it can be done safely in that area. It's an off-label use, but it can be done. And also with a treatment like thermage or all-therapy. Thermage uses radiofrequency, all-therapy uses ultrasound energy to continue to tighten and lift the skin in that area so that you have a complete result. You know, but I would tell you, though, I still think of liposuction as the gold standard treatment. When patients ask me, I always ask them first, are you uh, open-minded to having liposuction or surgery before I do anything for them, before I do Botox or fillers or anything? Because in my mind, someone who is open to the idea of surgery, who's considering surgery, there's really nothing that you can do that's non-surgical that will ultimately make them happy. Plastic surgery is plastic surgery. And someone who's thinking of a dramatic change and having a surgical-like result should go and research those options. And when you think about liposuction, it's a very common area to do under the chin. It takes an hour maybe, and it's also a permanent result. And, um, and it's very safe if done by a trained um, aesthetic physician. I still think of liposuction as a gold standard. It's minimally invasive and it's safe, but people really don't want the idea of what they think of as a surgical procedure, and this will be an outstanding non-surgical option. No, I think you're right. I, I think a lot of people are just very afraid of going under the knife, and they're looking for non-surgical options. Now, you say, okay, so it's a needle, and it goes in and it's submental underneath the chin. How many injections in a particular area? And it also sounds to me like you really better know what you're doing. You're right. I think that's always true. When I think about aesthetics, I think that it's especially important to have a qualified, aesthetically trained physician because you're ideally you're a healthy person and you look good. You just want to look like your best. So it's not like you're doing it to save your life and you have to go and take risks. This is an elective procedure that you're doing to improve your looks. This is not the place to cut corners or take chances. So yes, you have to have someone who knows what they're doing. Kybella is new. I will be one of the first to have it in New York. I will be a trainer for other centers. Um, I think some other doctors that you speak with will also be in that level. But it's it, there is going to be a learning curve with it. And you, you need to know that the person who's treating you knows what they're doing. Now, how many needles? It can be anywhere from 15 to 20. But the, the thing is, it's, that's not such it's a to make you comfortable, to like give you the best treatment, the best outcome, the best chance of having a result that's that is... The work of the doctor. My job is to make you comfortable, to give you the best treatment, the best outcome, the best chance of having a result that is perfect for you so that you look like the best version of yourself and not done. How I get there, that's something that you just sit back and relax and almost don't even think about it because there's nothing to do about it. It's my work, my job to get the results there, but your job to enjoy the process as much as possible. <laughs> well, you mentioned that it was uncomfortable. Are you talking it's painful? Is it, how does it compare to Botox or on a scale of one to 10? Where are we with the discomfort? Well, with discomfort, we use injectables and topicals to help numb the area. So the treatment itself is okay. That, that part you can get through. It's afterwards as it's healing. You might feel a little itching as the skin is resolving. You can have some bruising and some tenderness to the area, but it's manageable. And you can take Motrin um, or Advil or Tylenol if you need, if, you're, if you are uncomfortable. But it's all, it's all within manageable it's not to the point, you know, I do all therapy and that can get pretty uncomfortable. I think of it as different as pain, than pain though, because 
um, pain to me is like if, if you like break your leg, that hurts. These are really just quick bursts of a sensation that can, without therapy, feel like heat. With this, just feel like a pinprick, but it's transient. I see. And now I've also been told that if you um, have a Kybella and you have a full neck to begin with, there may be mm-hmm. a lot of yes. swelling and you may just yeah. be huge afterwards. So there's downtime yeah. you need to think about uh, work and do I have an event or how long that can is be that from a few days for? to a week. And that's why when patients call and they ask about it, I tell them this is great for turtleneck season. This is ideal uh, summer because <laughs> um, because of the swelling that can happen. And typically, it's worse after the first treatment because um, that's when you have the most fat to melt. And with continued treatments, that becomes less and less. Um, so that first treatment is really when I tell patients, you know, do it on a Thursday, take a long weekend after that, and give yourself an opportunity just to stay home and rest to see how you do with it, especially after the first treatment. And the ones after that will get better. And it's really three months till the next one usually. Um, so that, that can be fine. But if you have a little bit of swelling or tenderness or even a little discoloration, all of it resolves. But being in turtleneck season when you're more covered up, is a time when it's naturally easier to hide it and you don't have to worry about other people noticing that you've had something done. That's great, turtleneck season, I love that. What's the cost? The cost really hasn't been determined yet because it's just coming out now. So we don't know the cost of what it's gonna be for the doctors, so we can't determine the costs yet either. But stay tuned, that will be a follow-up discussion. We can have that conversation too. And. So do you have any concerns, I mean, I do, that this is going to wind up in the wrong hands? You know, it's a needle, and it's got fluid in it. And as we know, Botox has wound up in the wrong hands many times. And there's a lot of unqualified and unskilled uh, even practitioners out there that are jumping on the bandwagon of the cosmetic industry because it's a nice cash cow. And so this, this concerns me a little bit. You know, I agree with you 100%. I worry about two things. I worry about the wrong people doing it who aren't properly trained, who don't respect that just because it's non-surgical doesn't mean that it's safe. And I think that's a very big misconception. When you talk about people wanting non-surgical, just because it's non-surgical doesn't mean that there aren't potential risks and consequences. And you need to understand those before you have any treatment done. And someone who can't explain it to you shouldn't be doing the treatment. And if you're not willing to accept the risks, then, then again, it's not the time to have the treatment. The other thing I worry about is that people um, injecting it in other areas. So someone may think, well, you know, if it's so good for under the neck, maybe we'll try it for eye bags. Maybe we'll try it for little fat pads or in the stomach or in the thighs or just use it for fat melting anywhere we want to melt fat. And, you know, it's really that FDA approval process is annoying. It can be time consuming and and seem awfully tedious at times. And sometimes I grant you, I marvel at the things they ask for. It makes no sense to me. And some of the people who are on the panels for some of these things aren't even aesthetic physicians, dermatologists, or plastic surgeons. They're pediatricians or, you know, it's just strange sometimes how these panels work out. But overall, that FDA approval process does mean something and the testing means something. So this is something that's approved for the submental region for under the chin fat. And until we understand a lot better and have it around for a while, 
I would be very hesitant about off-label uses for eye bags or other parts of the body because it may need a different dosing or a different concentration or just a different technique. And you can, you know, we were, you know, we talk about areas around the eyes. You don't want to hurt the eyes in any way. You want someone to see how beautiful they look and you never want to hurt someone's vision um, or distort or deform someone. So I would just caution that it's exciting that we have it. It's not the same as Botox in, in terms of ease of treatment. It's not a lunchtime treatment in the same way. It may not take that long for the doctor to do it, but it is still a process and the healing process is um, definitely more than you see with coming in the office and having a Botox injection and then going on with your life. So I think it's going to be then really important once more and more practices are offering it for patients to really understand that this is more of a procedure. It's not like Botox and to be really careful who they go to and make sure that that person has been properly trained and is a board certified dermatologist or plastic surgeon. Absolutely true. So it's exciting to have a new option. It's exciting to have something that is FDA approved that we can offer our patients, but it doesn't mean that it should just be done for everybody um, without, without, you know, proper assessment or training. Well, this is great. I'll be looking forward to more news about Kybella as more and more practices start integrating it into their practice and see results. So on we go to all therapy and tightening the chest. I know those those vertical lines that we get, women get on their chest between their breasts sometimes are very deep. And those of us that sleep on our sides <laughs> make it even worse because I know you should sleep on your back and not your side, but it's hard to switch and change that habit. So let's talk a little bit about what all therapy does, what, what it is, and how it's been recently FDA approved to treat those chest lines. You know, Altherapy is a device that is a little bit controversial. So there are people who love it, people who hate it, and um, and sometimes I think it can have some pretty mixed reviews. I think the same is kind of true for Thermage as well. Altherapy uses high-density focused ultrasound energy to deliver heat very deep in a fractional, precise, controlled way. I've been doing Altherapy here for almost four years and treated uh, close to a thousand patients. And I will tell you, that I have been so impressed with what it can do. But I'm also very, very careful about patient selection. I say no way more than I say yes when somebody asks about it. And it really truly is not for everyone. So you have to be able to know if the treatment's right for you. And I I don't know if I mentioned, but I have 14 different devices, now 15. And what I love is that I have Thermage, I have all therapy. I'm going to pick the device that's best for the patient, not the device that I have. So it's great to have options in that way. With all therapy, this is kind of one of those um, those situations where we, a, a lot of doctors have had it even longer than I have. I wasn't the first one to adopt it because I really wanted to see if it was all that. But some of the doctors who have had it for longer started to look at areas off the face. So it's approved for the, for the face to lift the brows and lift the lower face and neck. And for the right person, does an amazing job. But they started to look at it for areas like the chest. And then they did a clinical trial, went through the FDA approval process, and now it's FDA cleared for treatment of the lines and wrinkles on the chest. And the breasts even come up a little bit when you do it. The smoothening of that area for the right person is quite remarkable. Now the chest can give away the age really quite badly. The chest scars, scars quicker, heals more poorly, and it's so much harder to address in the face. 
You know, um, when we started doing CO2 resurfacing on the face, they were so impressed with the result, the original CO2 that was fully ablative. They said, oh, we get such great results on the face. Let's do it on the neck and chest. And they used the same settings because they thought the skin there was much tougher and more resilient. And so they could do the same things. Well, it didn't work out that way. People ended up with third degree burns on the neck and chest. The skin off the face is not more resilient. It's much harder to treat. And you have to be so much gentler than you are with the face and have so many more precautions. So now that we have a device that actually works on the chest, it's so exciting to see how much smoother and thicker and healthier that skin can be. I often combine it with things like intense pulse light or the Fraxel Thulium, which helps with the discoloration. And you can really restore the neck and chest so beautifully by combining these treatments along with sunscreen and proper skincare. So it's a lot of work, but the good news is that it does work and it can make a very big difference. How exactly does health therapy work? Okay, that ultrasound energy that's fractional is very precise. It's delivering heat. And the other thing that's so great about it is that it's not, you're not guessing. You're visualizing because the ultrasound delivers the energy, but it also works as an ultrasound device. So you can visualize, see exactly how deep you are, and then deliver the energy in a fractional pinpoint way, which is ultimately heat energy. That causes collagen contraction, new collagen formation, and lifting and tightening. This process is very well defined and precise. It's, they're not guessing at it. You're visualizing, you're treating precisely, you're seeing the results. So the treatment for the chest area, then I would imagine, because the chest is more sensitive, is at a lower setting. Right. It's two things. The settings are different and there's transducers. So with L-therapy, you can have a transducer that can go as deep as two and a half millimeters into the skin or as superficial as one millimeter or one and a half millimeters. So you can pick the depth. And because you can visualize where you're delivering the energy, you know exactly where the heat is going. With a lot of other devices, it's just, and thermage is one of them. It's not a bad thing, but thermage is more bulk heating. So you're delivering energy to the general area and you're heating it to a certain temperature, and that's what's creating the result. With L-therapy, it's precise delivery of energy exactly at its target, and that's creating that collagen contraction and that lifting precise effect. They're both useful, but they're different in how they deliver energy. And I love that this is visualized, precise, and predictable. What type of filler do you like to place in those lines? I like uh, both radius and I like um, hyaluronic acids. Depending on how deep or superficial I want to go, I'll use different products. Uh, it's so exciting how many products we have available. Bellatero can go more superficial. Restylane Silk we just got can go a little bit deeper than that, but still superficial. Then we still have our Juvederm and Restylane um, to go the next level deep. We have Perlane and Juvederm Plus to go a little deeper. And then we have Voluma and Radius that go way deep. So we can affect all the different planes of the skin to really offer very natural, very um, subtle results that give balance both to the face, neck, and the body um, in, in ways that we, we couldn't give even just as little as five years ago. I know, it is very exciting. There's just so many fillers out there. If you sleep on your side, <laughs> aren't the lines gonna come back? No. you know. That's a good point because I actually sleep on my face and my side. It's like, who sleeps on their face? 
what I realized is having a good night's sleep is more important than the position you sleep in. Because if you're not sleeping well, then it doesn't matter. You're not rejuvenating anyway. <laughs> That's my rationalization because it feels so good to sleep on my face. But I will then say that what happens is with the lines, the lines are a factor of two different things. One is repetition of the motion and that would be sleeping on your side and constantly wrinkling. But the bigger factor is sun exposure over time because the UV rays and some infrared rays even break down collagen. And with that collagen breakdown, then you sleep on your side, you crinkle, then the skin at the bottom of a wrinkle is more damaged than the skin at the top of the wrinkle. It becomes a path of least resistance. And every time you lie down or you move, you're gonna create that, that crease even more deeper and deeper and deeper. So it's really the sun that's breaking down collagen on top of that repetitive motion that's creating that wrinkle as a problem. If you repair the sun damage, improve the collagen, then you remove that path of least resistance and the skin is smoother and not as likely to wrinkle. So, and injectables will help too if you add HA and build up the collagen. But even just the therapy alone that's improving the skin, improving the collagen, reduces your chance of wrinkling even when you sleep on your side. Just have to protect against sun because you don't want to keep damaging your skin. What's the cost of therapy treatment for your chest? It can be, depending on how much the area that you're treating, can be from 1200 to 2400 a treatment. Okay. And then what do you tell the consumers or the patients that really can't afford all therapy? How else can they treat their chest area? Using sunscreen alone will make somewhat of a difference because even just by not continuing to insult the skin, the skin does naturally repair to some extent. You can use retinols topically. Uh, that helps a lot as well. So if you have Retin-A or Tazerac by prescription or over-the-counter products, you can use those as well, and that can help. Um, then you can have try IPL, Intense Pulse Light, or Fraxothulium just to improve the overall, overall look of the skin. So, and then sometimes if you want to go really low key, I love, I know Bobby Brown makes one, but I know other people too. They have a product that's like a Bobby, body brick and it has a few different shades of earth tones with a little bit of shimmer and you just brush that on the chest and basically it adds a little color and a little light diffusion that kind of takes your eye away from the wrinkles and that gives you an instant quick fun fix for the area just to make it look better when you go out and about. So there's lots of ways to improve it. But I would say if you're not going to use sunscreen on a regular basis, there's no point in doing any of these other things because you're just going to recreate the problem. That is the underlying source of most wrinkles anyway. Over 90% of wrinkles are from sun exposure. So protecting from the sun is the most important thing. Now, if you're wearing clothes that cover your chest area, should you still wear sunblock or sunscreen? You know, it depends on the color on the weave. So if you're wearing a white or yellow shirt that has maybe an SPF of eight, if you have a if you have a blue shirt, that will have a higher SPF or ultraviolet protection factor. So clothing alone gives you some sun protection, but if it's, you know, if it's just a mesh, lightweight, lightweight fabric, it's not giving you enough. And then you do need to wear sunscreen under it. But there are newer fabrics that come with ultraviolet protection built in, and those ones can have a UPF, ultraviolet protection factor, of 30 to 50, and those will give you great protection. Now, you mentioned before that you can use a retinol or retin-A or Tazerac. And since the chest area is a lot more sensitive than your face area, would you say that you need to start with a lower percentage than what you would use on your face? 
some well, you have to pay attention. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, and I would say, I would start it by using it once or twice a week. See how your skin responds. Moisturize on top of it and slowly build up. But it's important to listen to your skin. And the neck can be a little bit more sensitive. The chest with the topicals often does very well, even though with the lasers it doesn't do quite as well. So um, just have to know your skin, see how it responds, back off if you have to, don't be afraid to moisturize. Yeah, my chest is really sensitive. When I put anything on it, it's, it like breaks out with these little bumps. <laughs> so what I tell people to do is to sometimes mix in a little bit of a prescription retinol with an over-the-counter one. So you can get like the Neutrogena or the Rock or the Olay and then get a prescription Retin-A and just put a pea-sized amount of the prescription one into the over-the-counter. And this way you kind of tone it down a little bit and also have other moisturizing factors and you can get a nice effect for the chest. It's kind of a, a do-it-yourself kind of retinol mix. Oh, that's a great idea. Well, that leads us into a wonderful topic of skin tips for the summer. And what are some tips that you can give listeners on how to protect their skin for the summer? Well, the single most important thing truly is sunscreen every day, all year round. And there are plenty of studies, one recently out of Australia in the last couple of years, that looked over 5,000 people for five years. And they found that you could reduce your risk of photoaging by over 25% by just wearing it every day, not sometimes. So they just took two groups of people. Some people wore sunscreen sometimes when they felt it was sunny. Some people wore it, were told to wear it every day. And those who wore it every day just looked so much better, had less skin cancer at the end of the, of the study. And um, so, you know, I see how much money people spend on all these antioxidants and high-end skincare products, and then they go out and they tan or they go to a tanning bed. And to me, it makes no sense. If, you know, sun, sun damage is, I mean, most of aging is photo-aging, and most of that is preventable by proper sun exposure, not to mention skin cancer. So sunscreen all the time, but it's really about being sun smart wearing a hat, wearing sunglasses, trying to wear physical protective clothing, avoiding midday sun exposure, and, um, and then wearing sunscreen as well, seeking the shade when you can. In New York, we have a lot of shade because we have these tall buildings, and you can just cross over to the other side of this, but that's not always true everywhere. So in my book, I talk about my four essentials, and that is cleansing, exfoliating, moisturizing, and sun protection. And then the last thing would be having procedures. So People don't realize that cleansing is the single most important step in your beauty routine because if you don't get the makeup and per, uh, the pollution and dirt and grime off your skin, one is those alone can be aging your skin, and two is the products, products you put on afterwards don't really penetrate the way you should. Exfoliating is a fabulous way to rejuvenate your skin. That's really important, and you don't want to over-exfoliate or over-strip your skin, but you do want to make sure you exfoliate on a regular basis. Hydration can vary depending on your skin type. Sometimes it's a lighter lotion. Sometimes it's a heavier cream. Morning and night hydration are different, usually heavier at night because you lose more water from your skin at night and a little bit lighter in the morning because you make more oils during the day. And then, um, and then sunscreen, as I mentioned, every day, all year round. So do you have some favorite products that you can share? Ooh, I have so many. <laughs> and I know you have your own skincare line as well. I do. I don't talk about it that much. It's on my website, but um, I love my skincare products. I don't make too many. I just make ones that I feel I can make better than anyone else and where I thought there was a need. So I have a, a few on my site in terms of cleansers, sunscreens, um, brighteners, 
um, and serums. So there's some that I really love. I have a great eye cream. There's some there. I am a fan of the Skin Medica TNS Essential Serum. It has bioidentical growth factors. I use that twice a day. I love that. Um, I love the SkinCeuticals line. The CE Ferulic is really, really nice. I use that also. I love that. Uh, yeah. And I and they have a really nice Metacel B, which is a great hydrator for somebody who has um, oilier skin. So those are nice products. Um, then let's see what else is there. Aven has great products for people with sensitive skin. They have a good anti-redness line that I really like. Um, Christy Brinkley, I helped develop a skincare line for her, and that's called Christy Brinkley Authentic Skincare, and that also has infrared protection. I have loved working with her. I love that line, and um, and that's available at HSN and Kohl's, which I'm a Kohl's girl. I, like, I'm a drugstore girl. I love products that are readily accessible, and honestly, at 61, who doesn't want to look like Christy Brinkley? Right, so, right. <laughs> so she was really heavily involved, and because it was her name attached, she got to um, dictate the level of quality and there was no compromise. I wouldn't have done it if I couldn't do it at the highest level. And she was the same way. So we really had a lot of fun with that one. And, um, and so that's available now. And then I also love Olay. Olay Pro X is an amazing line and they have a microdermabrasion kit that I think is equivalent. And they did a clinical trials and published it that it shows that it's as good as what you get in an office with the microdermabrasion in the office. So, um, so that's nice. And who, who wants to undersell what we do in the office? But you know what? I send people to go buy that over doing in-office microdermabrasion all the time. But for a lot of people, you know, you can cut costs that way. I, I believe Olay has really raised the bar in terms of testing, trials, publishing, presenting at medical meetings, and um, I'm so so proud of the work they've done. Um, L'Oreal has some great products as well. Um, let's see. I love the Philosophy Miracle Worker line. That has a really nice retinol and brightener. Um, that one's available at Sephora. Um, there's a few other ones. I almost never <laughs> say um, but I'm thinking. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I wanted to come up with products that I really like. Avino has some nice ones if you have more sensitive skin, especially the soy and the oatmeal base lines. The positively radiant line is really nice. And of course, there's the Neutrogena Rapid Wrinkle Repair. That's a really nice retinol. And the night, uh, the Rock Night Retinol is really good too. So I look for ingredients a lot. Ingredients I love. Aloe is a great ingredient. Retinol is probably my number one favorite ingredient. It's the most highly published, tried and true, studied understood anti-aging ingredient there is so everyone should be on a retinol in one form or another who can tolerate it and these days there's so many variations there's one out there for everyone so retinol is amazing niacinamide caffeine resveratrol vitamin c these are really great ingredients i'm not as big a fan of kojic acid i don't think it does a whole lot maybe if you combine it with a hydroquinone or some other brighteners but kojic acid is designed to brighten the skin I don't really think much of it. People are so against um, hydroquinone. I'm not against it at all. I don't, I don't see the data that shows that it's so dangerous or toxic in the doses that we use it at that 4% dose, but it should be monitored by your doctor. Arbutin is one way that people use to get around hydroquinone, but arbutin is really just a precursor and it breaks down to hydroquinone. So if you're using something with arbutin, you're really using hydroquinone, but don't know it. Kind of like those formaldehyde products. They don't say formaldehyde, but they become formaldehyde. So people have this false sense that they're safer with it if you have a concern about it. But um, but it's really the same. And that's the case for arbutin. 
But I will tell you, I used to work in a research lab. I'm a product junkie. I'm always testing, researching. You can't even find my desk for all the products on it. And um, another brand that I like that's a relatively newer brand is Epionce. And I have patients who can't tolerate anything, and they love the Epionce line. So that's one that I'm starting to look at more. And then finally, I have always been uh, a nutrition kind of um, junkie. I have I've read books on nutrition. I actually want to get a master's in it because I'm really, really interested. But I have been following nutraceuticals and functional foods, and I think that they have finally arrived. And that's something I've started to do more and more with, with products, nutraceuticals, which are botanicals, vitamins, combinations that are tested for specific outcomes and results in the skin. And Glycidin is one brand that has some... I love Glycidin. Yeah. I absolutely love their... I love their skin brightener. Yes, in fact, what, I, yeah. I just took mine this morning. Yeah. And yeah, I and I love their lymphatic drainage and their... Um, They've got a right, and then they have they have the weight loss uh, one, and they have a also a slimming powder. I love their products. I really, really, I'm so excited about their products, and I tell everyone about them because I and I my face when I do the skin brightener, Mm -hmm. I can see. You know, they talk about the glycidin glow. Yes, I can see a difference. And it's probably only I can see it, but no. there there is a difference in the way my skin looks. Yes, it's true. I have it sitting here on my desk. Yeah. So yeah, I'm so I'm a big fan of that as well. And um and and there's also resveratrol. There's one that I carry called resveratrol, which is resveratrol with sirtuins, which activate it. And I I swear by that one too. I take it every day. So there's lots of things that you can do. But what's most important is to work with a dermatologist who is aesthetically minded, who uh, understands your goals that you share a vision with. And I tend to be a little bit more, not so much conservative, but I my goal is not to change how someone looks, but to help them look like the best version of themselves. And um, and help them just have balance and harmony, but not to give them Angelina Jolie's lips and somebody else's cheeks and, you know, mishmash, where at the end, they everything that you look at by itself looks okay. So I don't chase lines or wrinkles. I don't think that's the right solution. I think you have to understand where the lines and wrinkles are coming from and look for the best approach to solve them, but not always eliminate them. It's normal to have movement in your forehead. It's normal to have a few lines. And um, and so I find, I tell patients, you know, I can get rid of all your lines and wrinkles. It doesn't mean you're going to look better. The idea is you want to look beautiful, and that may mean that you're going to have a few lines in the process. And I'm getting older, too. I get it. It's happening to me as well. And I actually kind of like the idea of aging successfully and understanding that that's different than aging helplessly. And I think that's that, really true. I, I think a lot of yeah. people, you know, we look in the mirror, we look at sometimes 7X or 6X if, when, we, when we don't <laughs> have good eyes, and we see these lines, and we go get filler, we go get Botox, and then we see more lines, and yeah. then you get obsessed, and you want to yep. chase, as you say, you're chasing those lines, but sometimes those lines are being filled and then other things develop and 
and it can drive you crazy or it can make you very obsessive, which then you start to borderline on body dysmorphic disorder. So I, I think, you know, it's hard getting older. I mean, it's, it's the alternative course is terrible. And I'm also, you know, (laughs) I try sometimes, sometimes I chase those lines and I know I try to know better than I shouldn't be chasing those lines. But yeah, it, we, we live in a society where everyone it wants to look their best. And as you get older, these things happen to you. And we have so many alternatives like we talked about today. So we have some very exciting ways that we can treat these lines and wrinkles. And, and But when do you stop chasing them? and do other things to make you feel and look good? Well, I think it's really about balance and harmony. It's about having things in proportion. And sometimes I'll have patients bring in pictures from when they were in their 20s or 30s so I can see what their original balance was. But I I have people who come in and they want fillers under their eyes. But the under eyes aren't the problem. They're seeing it there, but that's not the problem. If I adjust the balance in the mid face and even the temples. And if I open the eyes a little bit, under their eyes will get better, even if I don't put anything there or touch there. So sometimes I have to help people see things in a way that I see it and have and share my vision. And I've had people who don't listen, they go out, they come back and they say, can you dissolve it under my eyes? Because they realize it didn't solve their problem. They start to look amorphous. You just look like a blown up balloon. So I don't say volumizing anymore. I talk about reflating. And it's really about that reflation where you're going to reflate areas that have deflated, create balance. Sometimes it's in places you don't expect. It's more lateral, not central. I almost never put filler in the nasolabial folds anymore because nasolabial folds, they're called nasolabial folds because you're supposed to have them. Look at a five-year-old. They have them. But when you lose volume in the mid-face and the cheek behind it, the skin falls forward and it makes that fold look deeper. So it's really by lifting laterally, almost near the temple at the, or at the apex of the cheek, you get a beautiful lift and that fold looks so much better, so much more natural without actually putting anything there. So it's about... That's very interesting yeah. because there used to be a trend. That's what you did. Wow. You, you wow. injected the nasolabial folds. It's all people did. People still do it. They come in. They have no nasolabial folds. They look silly. <laughs> Walking in the street, you go, they, they, they don't have lines, but they don't look good. I can't tell if they're 20 or 90. They just look done. And to me, that's not a compliment. So the idea is to understand what's going on. And, and that's what I think when, when we talk about teaching, and, and this is something I do, and I know a lot of the doctors you speak with are, are help to train other physicians as well. But the first and most important thing before you put that syringe in your hand is to understand how to assess, how to look at someone at both the things you can treat and things that you can't treat. So there are people where they come in, all they see are nasolabial folds because they know exactly how to treat the nasolabial folds and they miss everything else. They miss the asymmetries. They miss the temple hollowing. They miss the cheek flattening. They miss the, the recession along the around the ears where that's pulling forward and creating a heavy look to the middle, whereas if you lift laterally, it all comes up. So the first thing we try to understand is what's going on. Watch the patient from different angles, straight on, head leaning forward, 
side, one side, the other side. Have them talk. Watch how they animate. What's the symmetry? How does one brow move? Which side is stronger? People smile to the left or to the right. What do their teeth look like? Sometimes just fixing your teeth will change the shape and the look of your lip and actually rejuvenate the entire lower face without putting any filler in. And if you don't, then nothing you do will make a difference because the lips don't have the support of the teeth and they'll just sink back under. So sometimes we have to look at things that we can't fix. I don't do blepharoplasty, I don't do eyelid surgery, but sometimes my patients need that. So it's understanding what they really need and then how can you address it? What are your options? What are gonna be the costs? And then is it worth it? That's very smart and I love that philosophy. And I think that that philosophy is really very important. And I hope that more practitioners start to integrate that philosophy in their practice because, you know, I go to a lot of practices and I know, I know a lot of people in the industry, a lot of doctors, and um, sometimes you don't get that. You have to spend more time with your patients and understand what your patients are needing or wanting and work with them to find a solution as a team. Yes, and, absolutely. And I think that being a team player with your patient is really critical in managing a patient's expectations and having a, a healthy and a happy patient. Oh, absolutely. We have so much fun here. We're a very huggy practice. So, you know, well, we, this, we just have. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been great, Dr. Day. I, I really appreciate you joining us this afternoon. And we've covered a lot of very interesting topics. And yes, it's so exciting the world we live in today. I know. And listeners can reach Dr. Day. Her website is drdorisday.com. And her Twitter handle is Dr. Doris Day. And you have a great YouTube channel as well, which you have a lot of video clips that are very interesting. I, I looked at some of them this morning. And I do all my own Facebook and Twitter posts. So those are both at Dr. Doris Day, Dr. Doris Day. Yay, I love to hear that. <laughs> I'm so glad that you don't have a marketing person. I have no doing, PR, no marketing. It's just doing your me. doing your Twitter and your your Facebook posts. I think that's wonderful. That's great. <laughs> thank and you. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest at Nip Tuck Coach. You can also email me at info at Nip Tuck Coach. And these segments are available to listen to anytime, anywhere, anyplace. And you can hear them on Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher.com, iTunes, and Podbean. Remember, you only have one face and one body, so choose wisely. Thank you. Have a beautiful week. Join us next week for another exciting program about the world of cosmetic surgery and beauty. To learn more about Michelle Garber, go to www.niptuckcoach.com. To consult with Michelle directly, call 415-494-7211.